It is a, uh, what, Thursday? Is it Thursday already? Good grief. It's gone fast this week. Uh, Going to be a lot of rain later on today. Start about 11 o'clock, and from what I can tell, it moves out of the area around 8 or 9 tonight, saying that we're going to have an inch and three quarters today. Mm. A lot of rain. And some of the thunderstorms may be severe. I can kind of go by where my daughter lives now. She lives over in uh, in Oklahoma now over in Okmulgee. I can say that, right? Cuz uh, my my wife used to live there at one time. But Okmulgee and uh, they had a a whole bunch of severe weather last night going across the Oklahoma area. Had a couple of tornado warnings, so Keep it here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. We'll keep you up on the weather. If anything happens, we'll let you know immediately. If you need to take cover, we'll let you know that as well. But the way it's looking right now, I think it's just going to be, you know, biblical rain. We're going to have no rainstorms throughout the day. Um, I'm going to get home today, uh, Heidi, by about noon uh, so that I don't have to drive around in it. Although I will drive around in it later tonight because I will go to the movies tonight so I can talk tomorrow about the new Doctor Strange movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Got to be able to tell you that whether you'd be good to spend your money for that. If you're not looking to go to the movie, save your shekels for the end of the month and go see Top Gun 2. Because uh, I've talked to a lot of people about Top Gun 2 already and they're saying it is amazing. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they redo this all right miss star is here the uh, a lady that i have the utmost respect for because she sat on the election commission during the last election she took a lot of slings and arrows as (laughs) as uh you know shakespeare would talk about evelyn who was uh she was kind of the head of that right yes evelyn was the chair then i became the chair in january after she left yeah she took a beat down i i really thought the, the Democrats were unfair to her, and I didn't believe that the, the Dem Gas uh, did what they should have done. They, they, you know, let me explain something to the Dem Gas and Channel Seven. Democrats don't run the state anymore; Republicans do, whether you like it or not. And uh, everybody goes, "Dave, why are you talking about Channel 7? If you haven't noticed their coverage, you know then no matter what I say will make no difference. But if you've been watching Channel 7 News, you know how they slap news. You just, you know it. You can see it. It happens. And uh, I won't talk about specific individuals. They know who they are, and they should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, I was a journalist for years before I ever became a talk show host. And remember, I always tell you that I'm doing a talk show. I give you my opinion of what's going on with the news. Now, it helps that I was in the news and and uh, inundated with the news uh, for a long time. So I know all about spiking stories and dealing with news directors and all of that. And I can only imagine 
what the early morning meeting is if they have one over at uh, at channel seven i can only imagine what that is like but uh yeah we're gonna have christian um, uh, star on with us today and uh, i want to talk to her because she's no longer in the position that she was so now she's just a citizen just like the rest of you and uh, she can talk about what she saw during the last election and what went down in pulaski county was not good would you agree with that yes i would agree with that okay why don't i let you start and you talk about i know that you go into positions figuring that you know the the republicans were in control you guys were ever were going to get the uh, the transparency that you wanted for election see that's the big always remember democrats project all right they always say they're doing this wrong when in fact it's what the Democrats want to do, and they they project it upon the Republicans, so that when they come into power again, they can do it, and nobody calls them on it. That's the way that they work. It's their game plan. It has been for years and years and years. So, with that in mind, they were saying that you guys weren't playing by the rules, when in fact they didn't want to play by the rules. Why don't you kind of explain how things went down? So. It's interesting, um, and and no matter what's happened in Plasti County, I will say that some opportunities have come out of the issues because we have some really great election we're talking laws. About it. Yeah, we're and we're talking about it, and I think that's really important. But I will say that you know I actually took the position um, on the on the election board because there was some issue with you know the staff had kind of taken over the elections. And they were they I guess they had been empowered to do so. And, you know, when you just look at the black and white of the law, the election board is responsible for administering elections or responsible for the machines, the poll workers, you name it, they count the votes. And mm-hmm. so when you're kind of allowing um, non-election officials to operate the elections, you kind of have a problem because in the day you're going to be held liable for anything that goes wrong. Yeah, so that, these personalities. are felonies that if you break the law, correct? These are felonies that you break the law. Um, and, you know, and we had some issues. I actually, um, on the day of the election, I actually met with the prosecuting attorney about a lot of these issues to, to try to get some help on that. But, you know, there's just not a huge appetite. Was, Absolutely. was that Jagley that you talked to? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Who I like. I like Jagley. I think he's pretty upstanding guy i understand i guess he's retiring now he is retiring and he very he was very kind um but a lot of the issues really stemmed around kind of like a perfect storm okay and there was a perfect storm of where you know there's a a different party now that's kind of over the 75 counties and the majority and that just hasn't been like that for a long time and i don't think it's ever been like it, it, it exactly it's and back until I think went the Rockefeller when they were kind of establishing some of these and changing how it was um, positioned, it just became kind of a issue to outside groups that they didn't want certain certain people in power. But at the end of the day, it's not about the power; it's about operating an election. And you may be a bipartisan board, but you're doing it in a nonpartisan fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, elections need to be fair. They need to be transparent. They need to be secure. Says you. <laughs> not so much on some other people. They don't believe that. They believe that they should be able to run elections like they've been running them for 130 odd years. And we and we just we're not going to go backwards. So I think um, we really opened the door on transparency. 
you know, in Placid County, when we, we knew there were issues, we were, COVID was used as an excuse to keep us out. Um, and that's unfortunate, not just the, the board out, but the public out. And to me, that's the most egregious part. But we, sh- we sh- um, shine light on that by putting everything on YouTube, live streaming every single thing, um, making sure that the public had, you know, could come in to the election process. So I think I think um, other counties, I would love to see other counties doing that as well, live streaming their, their not just their meetings, but the actual election activities. Yeah. I think that's very helpful um, going forward to create that transparency. <coughs> well, poll workers are important. Absolutely. People don't realize how important Extremely. That they are. And uh, there's been some uh, training going on to try to get more people involved. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever. Your eyes are the eyes of your neighbors uh, to watch and make sure things are being done correctly. So um, if you're thinking about how can I get involved, we'll tell you right now that's a way that you can easily get involved with this yes um it's critical to have bipartisanship in the poll worker population and it's just simply to hold each other accountable and then on the other flip side of that you have poll watchers you know your observers and it's critical to have those poll watchers i think that they protect the process and they hold the election board accountable to the people i think that's critical so there are two needs there you need you need to have poll workers you need to have bipartisan poll workers working alongside of each other to keep each other in check you also need to have poll watchers to be able to observe those activities. And and there is no social distancing when it comes to uh, a poll watcher being able to observe certain activities. That needs to be protected. Yeah, because if you looked at what happened in Philadelphia, they were what, like 20 yards away. <laughs> you can't see what's being written down on a card at 20 yards away. I can't see what's written down a card right in front of me right <laughs> now. <laughs> well, you don't have glasses on, but that's all right. But, but bottom line is this, is that there were some questionable things that went down during the last election. We'll talk about it. Have they been fixed? That's the, the first question we'll get into. We'll get into some of the people that have been working hard to fix different things statewide. Um, let me just run through in my head some of the state uh, legislators that have been involved. As we're talking about Carlton Wing, mm-hmm. and you talk about Mark Lowry, and you talk about uh, Mark Johnson and Kim Hammer and a whole lot of other people Absolutely. that have all been involved in this. And I've been involved in it as well because I talk to those guys a lot. Yes. And I have them on the air a lot so that you know what they're doing and why they're trying to do what they're doing. So we'll come back. We'll talk further about this. We've got, it. We've got her on for a whole hour. Man, we can talk elections for a whole hour. You're going to love this. But let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing, take good care of your uh, your roof for you. Nobody has walked on the Ellswick roof of their our house other than PI Roofing. In fact, yesterday I had come home. I was checking the mail, and uh, my next door neighbor lives right across the street from me. Uh, yelled at me, and she says, "Hey, Dave." And I said, "Yeah." She says, uh, "Are you getting another uh, a new roof?" And I said, "When?" <laughs> you know, because I got a roof about five weeks ago because of all the hail we got in Cabot in December. And I said, oh, I got a new roof on. She says, well, I'm talking about the hail we had a couple of weeks ago because we had softball-sized hail in Cabot. And I said, no, I don't think PI Roofing is going to like me calling or, or uh, you know, my uh, my insurance company are going to say, yeah, you got a new roof on my house. 
you need to come out and look at my roof again. All right. But, uh, and because it's when your roof gets a little bit older and the shingles get a little bit more brittle that the, 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 uh, the hail really has its way with your home. But the bottom line is, uh, she says, well, who do you use? And I said, don't, I thought you told me you listened to my show. And she says, well, I do. And I said, P.I. Roofing. Remember P.I. Roofing? I've only been talking about them for 20 years. And she said, oh, yeah. I said, call them. Tell them I told you to call them. And they'll be out to your house tomorrow. And they'll check. And there's no doubt I could I could stand on their front lawn until they need a new roof. So they'll be going with P.I. Roofing as well. So P.I. Roofing is the professionals that can take care of what you need done. Uh, for your roof. Give them a call, 501-707-3551, or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right, we continue on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along with us. We're talking about elections. We're talking about Pulaski County specifically. There are some other areas within the state that has some problems, and uh, talking about what the legislation uh, legislators are doing about it. Uh, one of the main things that happened, uh, thankfully, uh, from uh, Senator uh, Johnson and uh, from uh, State Representative uh, Lowry, is that you don't get a provisional ballot now if you don't have an ID with you. If you, if you can't show your ID, you got to go home and get it. Is that, is that not correct? So basically what it did is that you could sign this statement. It was called an optional, optional verification sign, basically saying, I am who I say I am now. Because the federal law requires provisional voting, um, you have to offer that, you know, a provisional ballot. But when it, if they don't come back and cure their ID, you don't count it, right? you, you, it cannot be counted okay. if they do not have. And that includes absentees. Good. So there has to be a copy of the ID inside the absentee. Well, that just makes sense to me. It's, I, I it's want logical. This, look, it's a, that is the most basic right that you have. And if somebody takes it from you, your, your voice as far as uh, what you believe the government should do is taken away. Correct. It's, 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 it's protecting the voter. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. And uh, I'm, I get a kick out of how uh, the opposing party is always screaming about how having to see a show of ID is so bad and you got to show an ID for everything. Come on. You do. And you know, it's sad that we want more security on our, on our smartphone than we want in our election process. <laughs> yeah. You're right about that. But it's just, the, it's the way it is. And they passed that. It's, it's yes. good muster. So they, it ha- good. It, there are some, uh, there's an ongoing lawsuit on some of those issues right now, but it's going to be, the laws are going to be implemented in the primary. And um, I believe the Supreme Court's going to be reviewing those. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out at your feet. You can, you can say, yeah, I'll talk about it. Or you can just say, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait to talk about it. Is it time for the Republican party? Cause look, here's what's going to happen on primary day uh, on the 24th of this month, a lot of Democrats are going to vote in the Republican primary and they're going to vote to try to water down our candidates that are out there, try to get whom they think and, and be honest, if you got an R in front of your name, your chances of getting elected are much better than if you have a D in front of your name. But the bottom line is they're going to try to water those candidates down. They're going to try to get candidates in there that aren't conservative. They say they're conservative, but 
they haven't proven that they're conservatives when push comes to shove and they got to cast votes or they didn't show up for votes that they needed to be at. I mean, there's one person running for election. Uh, he'll remain unnamed that has missed over 200 votes uh, when uh, uh, the state legislature was, uh, you know, in meetings. And, and it's just amazing to me that, that he would have the audacity to run for office. And then when he's asked about it, he tries to make all kinds of excuses. But the bottom line is, is that we, we want to make sure that people understand that the people who are putting the Republican candidates up are Republicans. Now, that's my view of it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit there's a lot of pe- other people don't agree with me at all on this. Where do you stand? You know, honestly, I'm a little torn on the subject because there's kind of there's there's two issues attached to that. A lot of a lot of people do not register by party. Um, so if you approach it that way, you you may be leaving a whole group out unless you allowed someone who's optional register. And that's a lot of. But if um, they don't want to be left out, they become a, a correct, Republican. But you, you get a lot of privacy concerns, um, I guess, around that. But what, what concerns me more is, you know, I, I, that is something definitely to look at. But what concerns me more are actually jungle primaries. I think that is um, an immediate threat that needs to be uh, examined. Okay, how? Why? Why? For jungle primaries, I mean, you're, I mean, let's think about when you actually have like a runoff, right? Uh-huh. You end up having t- less than 10% determining the person. They're, they're yeah. electing the candidate in a runoff. Yep. And a lot of times it's not even the, the person that was leading the effort. So you take something with a rank, like ranked choice voting, um, that's not who the people wanted to be in office. They, that's not who they set forth to elect. And I think that creates a huge dynamic problem across the board um, but it also just doesn't answer to the people, just like when you have the runoffs and you only have 10 percent voting. That's kind of what's happening with this ranked choice. OK, is that the jungle primary? It's like the jungle. There's all different terms for it, but it's it's um, something that's been tried in Arkansas, I think, back in 2020. Um, I, I think it's going to be tried again this year in November. So, is it being pushed by the Democrats? If it is, then we know we don't need it. <laughs> it's it's being pushed by you know the <laughs> the same groups that um, are fighting um, that are fighting issues of like school choice that are that are mm-hmm. fighting you know having a sixty percent um, you know when you're passing constitutional amendments things like that. So there definitely is there's some cause for concern there. Okay. That's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. You're, you're going to hear the arguments uh, made by the other side. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the, the thing that has to be really looked at is voting by mail. Correct. Yeah, you guys, this was, you were probably the first group that really had to deal with that and wrestle with it hard. I mean, they got down in the mud as far as that's concerned with you all. You know, how do you feel about that? You know, I, I don't think voting by mail was the intent of um, how elections were supposed to be done. Um, I think in person's the best best way. It's the most secure way is to in-person vote. There's just so many issues surrounding mail voting. Um, we saw it in Pulaski County where we had 27,000 absentees in a year that should have been about 45 to 4,500 to 6,000. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible amount. And we saw the issues that came with that. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of votes don't get counted on absentees because there's so many things you need to do and, and it needs to be done for security reasons to ensure it's the voter. And that can disenfranchise some folks. So I think it's imperative to in-person vote. 
Okay. When we you got to take a break. Absolutely. Okay, we'll take a break. Keep your thought on that, though, because okay. I want to come back to it yeah. and talk about it. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, talking about elections, things that you need to know about. They're not as clean as they should be. We'll uh, talk with uh, Christy some more about what they can do to make them cleaner and more reliable. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer. Your news is now. All right, so should you buy silver or gold? That's everybody's question right now with inflation being the way it is and and uh, all the weird things that are happening in the markets. I mean, you watch the markets one day and they're 800 points down. You watch them another day and they're up 600 points. And uh, you're going, where should I be putting my money? What uh, should I be do- doing with the 401ks and my I- uh, IRAs and all those other things that you've got to be able to save money for your retirement? And uh, one of the big issues that are out there right now is to protect against inflation. Do you buy some precious metals like silver or gold? Well, buying silver and gold is different than buying a stock or buying a bond. Keep that in mind, number one. Number two, keep in mind that when you buy silver or gold, you can buy a certificate that says this is worth X amount of silver or gold or you can buy the real commodity and have the little bars, you know, or the cougarons or whatever you buy uh, that you can put in your safe. That's another thing that you've got to make a, make up your mind about. Well, David Lucas Financial will help you with that. They'll explain all the ins and outs and give you all the information you need to make good decisions about this. Uh, they work with uh, one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you can get direct prices uh, from them and from a dealer that you can trust. So to learn more about buying silver or gold, give them a call, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. You know, when I talk about gold and silver, it makes me think of the Twilight Zone, uh, the show that was back in the 60s on television. And uh, you should watch it and go back and see the, the great uh, stories that they had and, and, and things that they were trying to teach people at that time. And one was about gold, and it was about three guys that stole hundreds of millions of dollars of gold bullion. And they had figured out a way to put themselves in suspended animation so that they uh, could come back in like, uh, you know, 100 years or whatever and have all this gold and nobody be looking for them as being the, the, the criminals that they were. And uh, they came back. A rock had fallen off the ceiling of the cave they were in and cracked one of the, the, the thieves' uh, uh, devices, and they were dead. And then one of the other guys killed uh, the second guy. So it was one guy, he had all the gold, and so he's got it in his backpack that he's pulling behind him because you know how heavy gold is. And he's walking out in the middle of the desert trying to get back to civilization, and uh, he succumbs to the elements. He dies with all this gold. (laughs) And uh, this car pulls up. A floating car, by the way. It was flying. And uh, they're looking at the guy and they go, 
look at this. He's got, look at all this gold that he's got. I wonder why he's got all this gold. And they said, yeah, it's not like it's worth anything anymore. They figured out how to, how to make it uh, in a chemical way, you know, basically through alchemy, basically is what they were saying. And it just goes on to show that uh, what's valuable right now may not be so valuable in the future. And it was really, really, uh, it's a great story. One of my one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. And I, I forget who it was a German actor that played the, the main part in it. It was really good. Teach yourself. I, I, I bring that up because I spent last week speaking a lot about 1984, the book, and talking about the lessons that Orwell was trying to teach to us. And it's taken a little bit longer than what he thought it would. Now, he wrote it in 1948. So all he did is took the 48, flipped it, made it 84. And that's how he came up with 1984. But here we are in 2022, and now, you know, I brought the whole concept up about 1984 because of this ministry of uh, of truth. That uh, That's not what it's called. That's what it's called in 80, 1984, uh, that the government will tell you what is true and what is false and what you can read and what you can't. And that, and, uh, and Mayorkas and the people that are going to be doing that and just telling you that you're being gaslighted a lot of times. I mean, you really are. You're being told to don't believe your lying eyes, so to speak. You can see, you can see it on videos. You can see what's really happening, but you're being told that it's not going on. And, uh, that happens no more than in elections. And it's been going on for years. I grew up outside of Chicago. I can attest to this. That I mean, all the jokes come from Chicago, you know, uh, vote early, vote often. Uh, my dad never voted Democrat until he died and all those kind of jokes uh, because it was so corrupt. I mean, it was 1960 election, as far as I'm concerned, thrown for John F. Kennedy. Nixon should have won uh, daily uh, senior through it with uh, with the vote from the uh, uh, the unions there in Chicago he through Cook County and if you control Cook County you control just about the state of Illinois just so you know and uh, they threw uh, Illinois into his count and uh, he won uh, the presidency so with that said we go back and I try to keep you involved in the truth and that's why I've asked Miss Dar to come on today because she can talk about what went down a couple of years ago. There were people walking in with boxes of ballots, were there not? Yes. I want I want you to think about that. Suddenly, you know, these races were really, really tight. There was a couple of state representative races, Savillo and um, Carlton Wing, mm-hmm. that it was like thirteen votes separating winners from losers. And suddenly, boxes show up of of uncounted ballots. How how was that supposed to have happened? Did the did the did the person who brought up these ballots say, "Well, yeah, I put these in my closet or something"? <laughs> well, they were kept in the shower. So <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, I, it, it amazes you some of the excuses that you hear. This has been going on. West Virginia is another state that they have all kinds of stories like this. Um, how did you guys? <laughs> decide whether to count or not to count you know that's that's kind of part, part of the issue the the law doesn't really address you know it's, you can't not count it if it comes in um as long as it was cast legally 
that you know of. Um, I know we threw a fit on that 15th day when multiple boxes showed up and we had a long no, debate. Wait, 15 days after the election? 15 days after the election. Okay. And you can understand our hesitancy because we had disqualified um, ballots that first night and the first and the next morning, and then the staff tabulated 327 ballots that we did not we disqualified. They should have been secure, separated, and it's very hard to accidentally tabulate a ballot because there's a lot of things that go go into that, right? Right. So, and then we had a box show up on the November 13th. We had a 12-hour meeting because we were we were missing the boats, and then we had a box that. magically appear at 3 a.m. Uh-huh. Um, and then we had several boxes show up on certification day on the November 18th, and we debated for a long time about whether or not we were going to open that box. It turned out they were just simply um, mislabeled, which is very interesting considering that was the excuse for the mis- the tabulation of the 327 that that flipped a race um so that that's some that's some pretty serious issues but i did put some guardrails in place before i left yeah uh to ensure that does not occur again okay well that's good that's what should happen when Absolutely. something like that happens it shouldn't be able to be able to just carry on exponentially into the future correct and there's you know, there's so much that we can do, and we have some fantastic laws that have been passed. Um, the board, the Plus County Election Commission, we created some policy. Uh, we're requiring cameras in every room and all these things. But at the end of the day, the election boards do not control the county buildings. Um, and that was that was very Who much Who controls it. them? Uh, the county judges, actually. Oh, the county judges do. So the that, ones that still say that maybe you shouldn't be able to carry a firearm, even though there's a law that says you can there are definitely some issues wrapped around and and with covid you know the buildings were shut down um access was not provided to the election board (laughs) so we're definitely we're shining a lot on that as well to ensure those kind of mandates that are not passed on through elections i mean period because at the end of the day we got to make sure that voters can come in and cast a ballot so how does it feel to be you and evelyn both of you (laughs) were fighting this battle head on how did it feel to be the tip of the spear and to be lied about as it was going on you know it was it was pretty tough there at times i have to say i I remember on i think it was the day after election we were going through thousands of ballots and um joyce elliott had made a comment that we were somehow taking over this election and i thought it was and i made a i made a comment to a reporter that's kind of funny because evelyn and i are the are the lone wolves here like we literally have no access no control um we are kind of the minority in this party in the um, party in pulaski county and how in the world do we have access and we don't even have a key now keep in mind <laughs> that during that time that's when the democrats thought they were going to unseat uh hill as state uh, uh, congressman, as not state congressman, but congressman over in District 2, and thought they were going to win by about five points, and they lost by ten. And it was like, how did we lose by that? Well, people don't want Democratic rule anymore. You had a lot of outside groups that infiltrated the election process, um, and there was really nothing in the law that prevented it. So we do have some legislation wrapped around that. To prevent that, but with like the Zucker bucks and now the Biden bucks and all these different Soros bucks, all the it, it's all the same. Okay, um, but private money should not be in elections. Period. Right. We'll talk further 
it's interesting. If you're listening, this is interesting. Uh, and you better grab her while you can or have her come to talk to your your group. Better call her today and set that up. <laughs> uh, Dave Ellswick's show, we'll take a break. Uh, Going to give you the Travs report and a lot of other things as we get into this break. And then we'll be back to finish up our conversation. I'm Stephen Davis, and this is your Travs report for Thursday morning. Travs got a win last night in Frisco, Texas, 6-3 to over the Frisco Rough Riders. They've taken the first two of this series in the Metroplex. Last night, the Travs built a 3-0 lead early, got a good start from right-hander Stephen Kolak, who pitched five shutout innings on three hits with six strikeouts. Then we had a 25-minute rain delay as a little storm cell moved across the ballpark in between the fifth and sixth innings. That turned the momentum the Trav offense was unable to capitalize on chances afterwards, while Frisco scored a single run in the 6th, 7th, and 8th innings, tying it on a solo homer in the bottom of the 8th. And then the Travs in the ninth found a way, cashed a leadoff walk, went with two out. Jake Shiner singled, and then Jack Larson won a left-on-left matchup, hitting a two-run triple to put the Travs back on top. Larson would score on a pass ball to add an insurance run, and then Michael Striffler with a 1-2-3 bottom of the ninth closed it out for the Travs. All six runs the Travs scored in the ballgame came with two out in an inning as they beat Frisco 6-3. Same teams tonight in Frisco, 635 first pitch over on 93-3 the fish. Pre-game show at 620 right-hander Taylor Dollar, the reigning Texas League pitcher of the week, on the mound for Arkansas. Again, Trabs win last night in Frisco 6-3. They go for three in a row over the Rough Riders tonight. I'm Stephen Davis, and this is your Trabs report. All right, we're back. We're ready to finish up here. So what is it that you want? You, know, you, you come on my show. You know people that are into politics, that, that spend time thinking about political things. Listen to this show. So I uh, I. Asked you to, I had asked you a while back to, to come on, and it wasn't the right time. Now it's the right time to come on and talk about all of this. What is it you want people to walk away with during this, uh, after this interview? I want people to walk away feeling, feeling more confident in the election process with the guardrails that have been put in place. Okay, so there's been problems. There are in very fact, much there problems. are probably some felonies committed, uh, and... Uh, People weren't really brought, quote, to justice, as I like to say. Uh, they got away with maybe a slap on the wrist or whatever. And uh, But now you all went in and, and uh, with the use of the legislature and other things, you have tightened the process up. You've made it more difficult to... Correct. I'll use the word. They made it, they made it tougher to cheat. Easy to vote, hard to cheat. Yeah. That's the goal. And and I will say that I, it is imperative that people vote, period. They, they need to vote. Um, I would volunteer. I would become a poll worker. I would become a poll watcher. There are all these different positions needed. But it's imperative also to attend these meetings um, in your local county. So go to your county election commission meetings. Get them to live stream it so you can watch it at home. But transparency is absolutely 100% necessary when it comes to elections. Do you think people need to school themselves a little bit more about what's been going on? I think that the information that's often put out is not always correct and not coming from good sources. I think we need to do, you know, Michael Knowles talks a lot about, you know, responding to bad information and just respond with the truth. You know, be concise and get the truth. You don't have to remember a lie if you tell the truth all the time. You do not. But we need to get that information out, the um, correct messaging out, and ensure that the voters know what the truth is. 
and we got to we have to be concise and we have to have some humor around that as well but okay. absolutely so what's in the future for you you're not with the commission any longer so what's what's the future for for you so i am working with a think tank um uh that holds account the, uh, the government account accountability foundation um i'm sorry the foundation for government accountability i'm getting tongue-tied this morning and, you know, I'm here, of course, it's just a citizen, but they do incredible things and they do a lot of work in election integrity across the states, um, even at the federal level. So there's some really great things happening. There's some really great groups out there that are just turning the corner and we can, you know, Joe Citizen can go to those different websites and they can get some good factual information. All right. We've got just a few moments left. You talked about outside money. Uh, I brought something up to you before we went on the air, and you said you had heard about it, but you didn't have any solid things. I'm going to next week talk about it in more detail. But the George Soros money seems to be have come here to uh, the state of uh, Arkansas. Uh, if you're not familiar with what Soros is doing, he's putting his money behind you know, prosecutors, uh, races and things of that nature. And I'm I'm hearing that one of the prosecutors on the Democrat side is getting Soros money. Is that the same scuttlebutt you're hearing? I'm hearing there's a lot of outside sources. You know, the Biden actually did an executive order to basically delegate federal agencies to utilize outside groups to register voters which is a serious issue. Mm-hmm. Um there is a there are a lot of different fundings um, from different individuals such as Mark Zuckerberg and others, but they've created new alliances and we need to be very cognizant of who they are, what they're doing and, and hold them accountable. All right. Don't think that all these crazy uh, rules that you're seeing from these prosecutors, like in San Francisco and LA and in New York and Chicago can't come here to uh, Arkansas. They very well could come here to Arkansas. In fact, uh, I've heard some people solicit people's thoughts on those things i'm uh, happy to see that it looks like the uh, the police chief is going to become part of the history of of uh, of uh, little rock that's a good thing and that's going to be a race to be watched uh, between the mayor and and steve landers that's going to be a, a great race uh and could be interesting i i don't know when's the last republican uh mayor of little rock has there ever been I well you're forgetting know. they run nonpartisan. well that's right that's <laughs> which is true. also which i don't like which is an issue people want to know what they stand for and i think that's that's super important for a lot of different areas where we have nonpartisan races i think you can figure it out in the race that's going to happen for uh you know the the mayor as it is all right i appreciate you coming in thank you thank so you much so for having much. me you, you did a i want to just thank you for standing up and and Evelyn, if you're listening, thank you for standing up as well because you really took a beat down for a while. I mean, you were a pinata for some people, and it, that wasn't right. You came on my show. She came on, and whenever I asked to ask questions, she'd come on and answer those questions. You came on a couple of times, yes, because there was a lot of there's a lot of disinformation going out there. So I let everybody hear all the story and. A lot of people didn't like that, by the way, <laughs> just so you know, they didn't like that at all. So uh, I'll let you get on with your life this day. I thank you for coming in. You know, get yourself some more coffee. She said that, <laughs> hey, Heidi, she said she took a, a triple hit of espresso before she, <laughs> after she got up to come on my show today. So she'd be 
wide awake. I made a brand new pot of coffee back there, and you haven't even touched it. Uh, but and it's it's black silk, like from uh, uh, and by Folgers, and that's good coffee. It really tastes good. It really does. What are you hoping to do? I got I got you for. They tell me about sixty seconds here. Yeah. What do you want to do? further down the line are you are you looking do you have you set out a plan for your your life a little bit i i have i'm actually relocating to florida next month so okay. that's a, but i'm still gonna Our be loss, here right. i'm still gonna be here helping anyone right. that needs it but my goal is just stay under the radar and help in the background and because i just simply want things to be right a lot of things can be done in the background absolutely a lot of things can be done ask some of the state legislators that don't run to the camera every time one of them is available at the Capitol. Now, I'd be one of them that would be running to the camera, to be honest, just to say, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening. And then uh, pointing at the, the reporter and say, now you check it out. And see, they, they like to be spoon-fed. Yeah. You know, but that's small markets. That's kind of the way it is. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming, Thank you thanks for for coming me. our way. All right. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick. Joe's coming in. He's bringing in a uh, a candidate for sheriff from Pulaski County. We'll talk about that uh, as well. I think that uh, Russell might be coming in today, too. At 9 o'clock, when I come back after we have our one-hour look at your money, uh, look for me to be talking to uh, Gina from Little Rock Tours about the next Patriot Tour. And we'll also talk about some other things along the way. Let's get back to it. Uh, we go into the second hour of a three-hour show today. Remember, I'll be back at 9 o'clock after we'll take a break at 8 o'clock to, to talk a little bit about money and how you should invest your money and how you can you know protect your, uh, your, uh, your money for your retirement and things of that nature. I'll be back at 9, and we'll be talking to Little Rock Tours. We're going to talk to the Symphony as well. They're going to be on to talk a little bit about what's going on over there give you a little bit about what's happening locally but on thursdays at uh, uh, seven o'clock it's always joe of joe's garage along with usually duck but duck has had some surgery he'll be out for a couple of weeks then he'll be back with us again hopefully better than ever uh and uh, today joe has brought along paul blue keller yes sir okay he and uh uh, Paul is looking to be the next Pulaski County Sheriff. So I got lots of questions for him today. All right. I don't, know if, he, I don't know if he's he's sees that as a good thing or a bad thing, but I got plenty of uh, questions for him. First thing is, uh, Paul, what do we do about the, the jail situation? How do you convince the state legislature to take care of their own prisoners and not expect you all in the county jails to take care of those people? That's a very, very good question. Uh, it's costing uh, a lot of money. 
uh, one of the things that I've seen, uh, I went to a, a number of the uh, uh, presentations, and Tim Griffin is talking about changing uh, the sentencing matrix, uh, parole, probation, those type of things, building more space. That's That's got to be the answer. You, we just got to have more space for the state um, and the state take care of their own. We can free up space uh, if we take nonviolent offenders and have diversionary programs and uh, weekend jails and different things like that. But until they start taking them and they have a place to take them, we're just going to be saddled with them. Well, the state legislature doesn't seem to have a, a real big appetite, so to speak, to to build a new prison here in in Arkansas. The governor wanted additional beds built and nothing really happened with that so we'll have to put that off to 2023 when the general assembly comes together uh, as that will do next year and i'll be there to cover that as well and that's going to be one of the big issues facing them and, and it's what you're going to do you can have all the sentencing you want but you got to have some place to put the people that you're sentencing that's correct all right so what would I mean? What's your idea? Your idea is changing sentencing guidelines. Well, no, that's that's just you know that's a byproduct that we were talking about. But in the jail right now, uh, the jail is it's old. It needs to be reworked. It needs to be remodeled. Those are some of the things that we're going to have to work with the quorum court to get the funds to do that. We've got. A more pressing problem, though, is the manning of the jail. And right now, I think the jail's down over 100 uh, detention deputies. The detention deputies are supposed to work five, eight-hour days. Mm -hmm. They are now having to work a mandatory six-day. Now, that's paying them overtime right so we're spending a lot of money there that could be spent in other places so we've got to get the manpower back up we've got to find people who want to come who want to work in the jail we've got to give them the correct training that they need the supervision that they need the leadership that they need um and then we can we can save some money right there that we might be able to turn around and, and, and roll back into it. Okay. Um, you know, there's problems with the locks on the doors. There's a problem with the, uh, the motherboard, for lack of a better word. Uh, there's a lot of problems over there that need to be addressed regardless of where the prisoners come from. Yeah. Why is it, why is it so tough to keep people employed over at the, at the jail. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, sir, I have thoughts on that. And right. I think it's the lack of leadership over there. I think it's a, a problem of leadership with the whole Pulaski County Sheriff's Office. We've lost a lot of good officers. They have just left because of the way they're treated, uh, the, the command environment, and, uh, you know, if... If you're not well-led, if you're not well-equipped, 
if you don't understand the task conditions and the standards that you're supposed to be working under, um, it's a lose-lose situation. We uh, we used to have, most days, we'd have four vehicles a day working in each of the six precincts, three north of the river, three south of the river. Okay. I was called last week, um, and at, on the midnight shift, one night, there were three deputies for the entire county. How many square miles is that? What is that, 505 square miles? Or that's a lot of like area that? for three guys to cover. Sure. As far as that's concerned. Well, and think about the officer safety side of it. Well, yeah. There's no backup. Yeah. Um we, we've got to get some of these people back. We've got to be able to actively recruit. We need to be going down and recruiting out of uh, the count, uh, the, not the counties, but the communities, so that we've got a makeup that looks like the county. You know, we can start, we can employ people over in the jail at 18 years old. Now, you can't put them in the enforcement side until they're they're 21. But what we want to do is we want to go out and actively recruit. Uh, We want Hispanic speakers. We want young black males. Uh, We want the PCSO to look like the community. So if we take these young men and women and we're getting them Uh, at 18 and a half, 19 years old, what we'd like to see is we'd like to see them graduate from high school, go out and get a job, and work that job 6 to 12 months, preferably 12, and build up a a reputation, a resume, if you will, where, you know, we get ready to to run a, a class, and they bring their resume in, and it says this man or woman has proven to be reliable. They get to work on time. They follow directions. They put out a good product. They're they're team friendly. And then we take them. We get them trained. We put them into the jail there at about nineteen, where they're going to work within the system, and they're going to further uh, solidify their work reputation. And then we develop an order merit list, and that order merit list is put up on the wall. Everybody can see it. And those that want to stay in the jail for a career, bonus, no problem. Those guys or gals that want to go out on the street, now they know exactly where they fall as openings arise. Would you rather hire somebody and move them laterally that you've already got trust and confidence in or go out here and recruit on the street send somebody off for training that you really don't know a whole lot about other than what they're telling you about themselves has the sheriff's department ever thought about working with the school district to do this i can't answer that question for sure uh but i can tell you that would you do it absolutely we uh we went uh two weekends ago out to uh, Pfeiffer Camp. Are you familiar with Pfeiffer Camp? I'm not. It's run by uh, the Kiwanis Club. You, you really ought to take a look at it. They've got okay. a program. They uh, they go down into the schools 
and 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 they find uh, youth that might be uh, endangered or uh, just not having access. And I think they start like the third, fourth, fifth grade, and they and they bring them on up. Well, we were out there. Uh, we went. We were invited out uh, to help with a a clean up work day out there and see the camp. Uh, Sanford Toilet, uh, a great guy, just a fantastic guy. I think he's been out there forty eight years. Wow. Uh, working with these young people, and uh, we kind of threw this idea out to him, and he thought it was a great idea. But there was a lady from the uh, school district, a Hispanic lady, and we're we're going to be in contact with her um, and um, see what we can do to get in there and educate. Uh, you know. Another thing about it is that we need, in this day and age, to let the people in the communities know that when they look at that uniform, that uniform is, in fact, the first stage of the, the, of the spectrum of force. That uniform should get their attention. But at the same time, we want them to be able to look through or past the uniform, if you will, and see that, hey, wait a minute, this is somebody's son, somebody's husband, somebody's mother, somebody's wife, and they're, they're just like us, but they're doing a job that has to be done and a job that the community should know that their primary focus is taking care of the community if that makes sense. That makes sense to so me. So if you can start that in the high schools and you get into the high schools and you're working with those students and those teachers and those counselors, bonus is going to pay off in the long run. All right. We're going to, we're going to talk further with Paul Keller. Paul Blue, we'll ask him where the blue comes from. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask him to tell us a little bit about his history as well. What prepares him to be the sheriff of Pulaski County? Uh, Joe asked me if he could come in with him today. I said, absolutely. I'd like to hear from all the sheriff's candidates, you know, the people who are already the sheriff and people who aren't. And hear sure. what they got what they got to say. So if you just give me a call, I'll give you equal time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis and about uh, his uh, ability to help you save money when it comes to uh, – insurance uh, for your health you know health insurance is really important but what's most important is that you get to use it instead of having to wait to use it because you got a ten thousand dollar deductible you got a ten thousand dollar deductible unless you have something cataclysmic happen uh, most of the money to get you treated is going to come out of your own uh, pocket not only your own pocket what you're paying for at that moment for that treatment but that you're paying that monthly payment on for your uh, health care plan. So keep that in mind. Pat tells you he can save you 30 to 50% on that. He'll get rid of co-pays. He'll uh, bring down those deductibles to where they're respectable, and he can help you save a lot of money when it comes to health insurance. Call him at 501-605-6935 or visit him online at Your Health Plan Man. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe is here. Yeah. Say hello. Hey, I'm here. Okay, he's here. 
But he asked if it was all right if uh, Paul Keller uh, could come in today and talk. He's a candidate for the Pulaski County Sheriff's position. How long have you known Paul, uh, Joe? Probably about 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And you? I was wife, Judy, and, and work on their vehicles for him. And in and, and course of that time, we developed a relationship and... He's always been in some type of law enforcement, and you can you yeah, can ask him about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, yeah. but yeah. He, you sound like you're a big supporter of his. I am, uh, because I believe that uh, the current uh, Pulaski County Sheriff's Department is, is not doing like they should. Okay. You know, and, and I believe it's because of leadership, and, and, you know, Paul talks about that all the time. We've had some personal conversations, but, you know, I think what he says he, he'll do, and and uh, I think he'll make a big change up there. Okay. Help us all. By the way, if you want to use that audio for a commercial, you can. Okay. I'm just saying. Thank anyway. You. <laughs> well, let, let me reciprocate here just a little bit. Okay. Um, I took a – I left the sheriff's office for a while. I took a two-year contract over in Mauritania, and I was – Explain where that's at. People – they change the names in – in Africa, like they changed their underwear. <laughs> well, maybe more often. Mauritania is in northwest Africa. It's, okay. uh, it's in the Sahara Desert. Uh, and so I was working uh, as the, the security manager for a gold mine. Wow. And I was in country six weeks. I'd come home for three weeks. I'd go back for six weeks. But um, the time that I was there, I never had to worry about my wife. She had a accident a guy pulled out in front of her uh i'd only been in country i guess about two weeks in but i always knew that if it was a vehicle related issue joe had her okay. between joe and miss stephanie uh she You're would be taken care of and the thing about it you didn't have to worry about the price he was going to be fair there wasn't going to be any any jabbing and carrying on mm-hmm. and it's just good clean operation I recommend him to anyone. Okay. I recommend him as well. He's been my mechanic or techni- technician now. we got to use the right terminology. Yeah. My technician for 20 years. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. He's, he, he worked on a car that should have died many years before and did not because he kept it on life support and it kept running. It was a, an old Do- – was it a Dodge? Dodge uh, Caravan. There, yeah, Dodge Caravan. Man, we – I bet you that car had 500,000 miles on it by the time I got rid of it. A bunch, Dave. We shot it. We finally had to shoot it and put it out of its misery. Let's talk about your background some, uh, uh, Paul. Tell, tell us a, bit, a little bit about yourself. What makes you uh, you know, the person that should be in the sheriff's, uh, the head seat of the sheriff's department? All right. Uh, I was born and raised in Arkansas, down in Chico County. I went to school uh, up at Arkansas Tech. Uh, when I graduated from Tech, the day I graduated, I went into the regular Army. Um, from Arkansas to Fort Benning, Georgia, the infantry basic course, Ranger School, Airborne School, uh, and then straight into platoon leader in Germany. So at 22 years old, I was immediately responsible for the health and welfare of 44 men uh, and their families. This was back in Germany, back during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Things weren't real good back in those days. Like they are now. 
very much so. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, we started out over there. I, my first son was born in, in Germany. We finished up that tour. Uh, <laughs> I finished up uh, as a, a lieutenant in a major's position as the logistics officer for a, a armor heavy brigade. So I've been dealing with budgets and programs ever since my early 20s. And I can say that I have never, ever overspent a budget. It's just something that you don't do in the military. Yep, you're right about that. So I progressed through the military. I, I went after Germany. I went back. I went through Special Forces training course. And I um, then when Special Forces became a branch, I became in that first tranche of people uh for SF as a branch. And if you know anything about Special Forces, it's all about training. All right. Keep that thought. We'll pick it up on the other side. Bill O'Reilly is coming up here in just about one minute. Keep that in mind. And uh, we'll hear what he has to say. Then we'll return. Joe is here. We may not get to any car questions. If you have one, call us. You know, all right, uh, 823-0965, of course, add that 501 before it so that you can get through and uh, we'll we'll deal with it if you have an important question for us. But if not, I'm going to continue uh, asking questions of uh, Paul Blue Keller, who would like to be your next Pulaski County Sheriff. And uh, you know me in politics, uh, we're kind of inseparable. We, we talk about politics all the time on this show. And this is one of those political things that will have a an effect on you personally. If you live in Pulaski County, uh, the Pulaski County Sheriff's Department is uh, kind of your lifeline in times of, of need. So we'll talk about that. So with that all said, we're going to turn it over to uh, Bill O'Reilly and see what he has to say. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're talking with Paul Blue Keller. Uh, he is a Republican candidate for Pulaski County Sheriff. He's one of two Republicans running for the position. So uh, the 24th is an important date for him, although he'll tell you that the 9th is an important date because that's when early voting begins here uh, in the state of Arkansas for the primary. So keep that in mind. That's happening on Monday. That's right. Voting time is here. It's it's arrived finally. We'll have a couple of weeks to to rev up for the for the uh, the twenty uh, the the twenty fourth. Okay, it went away there, Joe. What did right. the man say? Well, they they had a caller wanted to know what your position was on open carry in the state of Arkansas. Okay, let me talk about it. Well, that's what the law says. We are an open carry state. So there you are. Now, let's be honest. That's what the law says. Do I think it's smart? Not necessarily. If I'm a bad guy, I want to do something. I don't have a weapon. I see yours. You may be in line at Kroger's or you may be going to the toilet and I just walk in behind you and... I may now have a weapon, something to think about. Okay. You should always be, as well, trained on the weapon that you carry. Let me just throw that in. I'm yeah. I'm big on being 
and on uh, personal defense, but I'm big on being uh, going out there and know what you're going to do and know what if I say, well, pull the hammer back, you know what I'm talking about. Because if you don't know, what, I'm going to be worried about you carrying uh, a gun, any kind of gun, just and, to be honest. You know, and that's one of the good things uh, about the concealed carry permits. You have to demonstrate a level of, of knowledge in what you're doing, the laws and the functions of the of the weapon itself. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, okay, I think that's you, good. Okay, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't pull a guy or walk up on a guy who is open carrying and say, I want to talk to you. I mean, you wouldn't do that, right? No, sir. That's not, you know, there's no probable cause there for for doing anything. Okay. So there you got it. You got to, you got the answer. Uh, I don't know if it's what you were looking for or not, but you got a straight answer as far as that's concerned. I want to go back to your uh your experience you spent time how many years did you spend in the army 22 did you say 23 and a half 23 and a half all right so you've been uh in leadership roles you've been in uh, you know having to follow a budgetary role you've been in just about every kind of role that you probably could could feel probably feel like the pillsbury doughboy so to to speak Uh, you've done all that you've been trained for all of that you feel that that uh, that training will be able to be carried over to the uh, uh, the sheriff's department as well. Absolutely, like I said, in, in special forces or any officer in the army is responsible for the training of their personnel, and uh, it, it goes past the classroom. It's about you know immediate action drills. It's about standard operating procedures. The sheriff's office has a a large binder and a lot online of policies you have to know the policies i refer to it as task condition and standard this is what we have to do this is the 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 playing field that we're going to be on and this is the level that we have to uh, perform to now that does a couple of things that sets it straight out for the people that are working for us the deputies they know they know that as long as they're not doing anything illegal, immoral, or unsafe, and they're doing it by the policy, they don't have to worry about repercussions. The flip side of that is is that the citizens also then can understand that we're operating to a task condition and a standard, and that we will hold everybody in the office accountable, from the sheriff, myself, all the way down to the newest recruit. If you got a question, you want to know what the policy says, come read it. Ask us. And then expect us to perform to that level and to be accountable for our performance. All right. So with that, we had somebody call in and ask, will you enforce the laws of the state uh, on everybody equitably? Absolutely. Absolutely. No one is above the law. The law says what it says, right? It's black and white. Okay. There you, there you got that. That's pretty straight. Somebody was asking about recruitment, about uh, getting uh, you know, recruits in to want to be police officers, deputies, things of that nature. Any kind of uh, money available to help people maybe get... Uh, you know, college uh, courses or whatever to train them for that particular position? 
not to my knowledge. I don't know of any scholarship programs. You know, uh, the the sheriff's office runs on a budget, and it's a pretty tight budget. Uh, who knows in the future uh, if the legislature might float something that would that would, could produce some funds for those type things, but I don't know of any that exist now. Okay. Is that a caller wants to talk to him? Okay. So I'll let you tell me who it is that we're going to talk to, uh, Heidi, if you don't mind. Who is it that's uh, joining us? Josh in Little Rock. All right. Josh, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Your uh, question for Paul Keller. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Paul. So you, you just, Paul, you just made a statement that if the officers are doing, you know, following the law, what's on the books, then they're protected. Well, you look back at like the Derek Chauvin case, and, and the man was obviously absolutely wrong in doing what he did. But the problem legally becomes that that was the policy in that department's book for that hold that way, and the department just turned his back on him, and and now we obviously see what's going on with the the civil rights violations and everything else. But if that is the policy that's on the book, this officer was crucified and the department left him basically to rot. All right. So, we'll, let him, we'll let him answer that. All right. We understand your question. Okay. I'm not really sure where the question was there, okay. but <clears throat> let me just say, if there is a policy in effect and an officer is doing his job, to the best of his knowledge, legally and under the policy, there is some qualified immunity. <clears throat> all right. So let me just, just ask you this, all right? The policy of the sheriff's department should not be at at uh, loggerheads with the law. Correct. That's absolutely correct. Okay. So that... that so what, what I'm asking is, is what you're saying, when you say policy, that's like you're saying the law. No. Okay. Okay. The law is the law. All right. Your policies are the ways and the means that you go by enforcing the law. They still, your policies cannot supersede the law and they cannot go against the law. But your policies actually talk about how you do what you do. I go back to the task, condition, and the standard. Uh, there's a way that you make a traffic stop. You make a traffic stop. People people see the blue lights come on behind them, and rightfully so, uh-oh, what did I do and what's going to happen? Well, you know, the officer then knows that he does his calling in. He checks out. He tells dispatch where he's at, what he's doing. He goes up. And the first thing he does is he says, Mr. Elwick, my name's Blue Keller. I'm a deputy with the Pulaski County Sheriff's Office, and the reason I stopped you is. Okay. Boom, right there, the tension should go away because, you know, if you're not, say, 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, you're not DWI, or you don't have an outstanding warrant, then probably what you're going to get is a contact card, which is just going to say, on this day, this time, this location, I made contact with you for the following reasons. Okay. Now, please get that right tail light fixed. Have a nice day. Now, what you've done there is you've shown the people that you are going to treat them with dignity and respect. Likewise, you want to be treated with dignity and respect. 
You've also shown them that you're out there, that you're looking, that you're making contact. And we need to – I think the, the county right now has got in excess of 100,000 warrants, uh, I have heard. Wow. Uh, they're not currently doing any warrant sweeps, and that's because of COVID and manpower and all of that. But what that means is there's a, there's a lot of folks out there on the street that shouldn't be on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay? So – we, we build that confidence in how we're going to interact with you so that you will know that when you have a problem, we're the people that you need to come to. And we're not going to do things that are illegal, immoral, or unsafe as part of our policies. And we will continue to review those policies, you know, um, the any time and every time, and that's what you know. That's what your chain of command gets paid to do. Make sure that the policies are as strenuous as they need to be, but they're also as flexible as they need to be. And that's why those officers, you know, they have those stops, those contacts, which are high discretion and low discretion. You know, if you're six miles over the speed limit, yeah, I mean, you're really gonna. Write yeah. somebody up for that or take them to jail. But, hey, when you run them, they've got that warrant, you're going to arrest them. You're going to take them off the street. Or you walk up and they smell like a brewery. Indeed. All right. You need to get those folks off the road. All right. Before we uh, come back or go to take a break, let's uh, talk about Bumper to Bumper. Had a Absolutely. very, very successful car show this last weekend, Joe. It was awesome, Dave. We had 153 cars. We filled up the Conway Expo Center. We filled up the pavilion out back, and uh, we probably had the largest turnout of spectators we've ever had. I don't know how many was there, but you were there, yeah. and that place was packed. It, it was, was packed. jumping, and, and it was a fantastic show. All of the CSCs showed up, and we all gave away some good stuff, and raffled off the two grills for ronald mcdonald house and how much did that raise do we know i, I don't know yet we don't okay. have figures in but when when we get them we'll let everybody know yeah we want you to yeah. know we're keeping track of the money mm-hmm. so that we are sure that all the money went to the ronald mcdonald house oh yeah we know that it, it's going to uh you know and bumper to bumper and 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 you would call the the their staff all those people donated their time all of us csc shop owners we had some of our techs there we had some of our employees there and they all helped register and and you know just organize and and we had a fantastic time in the building itself i would say there were multiple millions of dollars in cars there oh absolutely i mean yeah that that uh uh, Mustang that was sitting there in the back. I think it sold it back in the seventies for a hundred k. So I can only imagine what it would sell for now. Oh, way over that. <laughs> yeah, and you take the Ferrari and you take the McLaren and yeah. the, and the GT and and you know and we had cars there from nineteen sixty four Volkswagens all the way up to a twenty twenty one Corvette. We had a nineteen ninety Model T. Yeah, sitting there. All right, that was so. a 1919 Model T that was sitting there, and that is owned by Bumper to Bumper. That's because uh, Crow Burling game. That's when they first went in business. That's why I was just going to bring that up. And, and they've been in business for a hundred and three years. So they had to part for that car. Probably still have it, to be honest with you. And they've got uh, the parts to fit into every other car 
that uh, has been made up to 2022. Absolutely. Keep that in mind. Okay, so our thanks to the folks at Bumper to Bumper for being a big supporter of the uh, car and truck show. We'll do it again next year, hopefully again back at the uh, Conway Expo Center. And we're hoping, my goal is to get 200 cars. That is my goal. We had a couple of the uh, the new ones that we just opened up uh, the lifts. There was one that had the lights and everything underneath that was sure. just awesome. Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and did you see the two 18-wheelers up front? Yeah, the show trucks, the Tractors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though those guys drove from I think Jonesboro up there. Well, they, they had and nice you, rigs. Oh, you, you those sh- you take an eighteen wheeler tractor and it is looks like a a show truck. Yeah, awesome vehicles. No, a lot I, of here's what I know. I was I had to run back in and get the equipment, and uh, I stopped and talked to. I don't know if it was the owner of the truck or not, but he was cleaning uh, uh, the wheel wells. Mm-hmm. Of the, that truck, keeping it nice and shiny for everybody to look at. Yep. A lot of people were stopping by and looking at them, but I, I got to think that that Mustang GT got a whole lot of uh, eyes you know on it. Did. Yeah. Yeah, doing that. That, that uh, I'm just telling you, that's a, that's a must. That's the Mustang. That, that's the Mustang that's from Bullet, isn't it? I don't know if it's that particular one. But well, no, it, it's yeah. not that particular one, but that's the model. Yeah, I, I think that they used in, in Bullet. Okay, let's take a break. Got to get the break in. And again, our thanks to Bumper to Bumper. And then we'll come back and fig, uh, finish up our talk with Paul Keller. If you just joined us, uh, Joe called me yesterday. He said that uh, he was wondering if it was all right if Paul Keller came in uh, with him. Paul is a Republican candidate for Pulaski County Sheriff's Office. And I said, yeah, sure, bring him along. We'll ask him all the questions that need to be asked. And he said, okay, cool. I'll bring him along with me. So Paul Keller is sitting in the uh, uh, the uh, studio with me. Paul, I want to go back to that last caller. Evidently, there was something that happened here recently that perhaps a police officer felt that one of his fellow officers was mistreated by uh, the people in power. You want to address that any further? I will. Um, as a result of that and other things that have been going on around the, the nation, um, in Arkansas now, uh, CLEST has put out a requirement, and everybody pretty much agrees with it, that officers have a duty to intervene. Okay? So if you see, you know, I talked to you about task, condition, and standard. That's correct. When you make contact with a person and you're going to, to, to arrest this person, uh, and let's say they don't want to get arrested, and it gets a little tense. There's goes you go back to your training, you get control of the situation. But once you are in control of the situation, then the need for further force dissipates. You then have the responsibility for the health and the welfare of that prisoner. So if you've had to put him down on the ground. To get him handcuffed, him or her, you get him up, put him back into a sitting position or standing position, put him back into the back of your car where they're out of the elements. You treat them with dignity and respect as long as they let you. You know, officers that are standing around, if it goes past that point, then not only can you, but you must intervene to make sure that that person is taken care of. Okay. All right. Just some clarification. 
And I didn't know about this new rule, so uh, let you know the information that you uh, need to know. How about uh, other organizations that are backing your candidacy? You got other organizations that have stepped forward? Uh, actually, we had one that uh, basically informed me yesterday that they were going to, and today have sent us a an official endorsement, the gun owners of Arkansas, uh, Mr. Gary Epperson and, 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 and the folks. And uh, matter of fact, uh, if Ms. Shelby Joyner is, uh, has not already posted it on our website, I would be surprised. So you can go to our website or Facebook and actually see what the, the gun owners of Arkansas have to say. Any other people who have stepped forward yet? There's a number of individuals, uh, folks that I've worked with uh, in the past. And again, on my website, those endorsements are, can all be found there. Okay. And what is your website address? Uh, that website address is going to be uh, Blue Keller for Sheriff. Um, and if you've got any questions about anything, you can do Blue Keller 4, the number 4, sheriff at gmail.com, and we'll be more than happy to, to answer them. Okay. There you got it. Well, Paul, keep us in, keep in touch with us. We can have you on again before the election. Remember that early voting begins Monday for the primary and uh, Paul came on today looking for your vote, so he'll be looking. He'll be. He'll be. He'll. he'll I can't say that. I can't make that statement. Anyway, he'll be looking for your vote. Do it that way. We're out of time. Thanks a lot, Joe, for bringing him in. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Thanks, and, Dave. and by appreciate the way, it. if you're if you're uh, running for Pulaski County Sheriff, Democrat or Republican, you want to get on the show, you just get a hold of me. Send it to Dave. Dave at SalemLR.com. Send me a, an email and I'll make sure that you get on the show before the election. Have a good day. I'll be back at 9 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
Well, as uh, Jack Nicholson said in The Shining, I'm back. You know, doing an after, another hour with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride. I've got uh, Gina is with us from, of course, over at uh, Little Rock Tours. I asked her to join us today because coming up at the uh, end of July is the uh, brand new Patriot Tour. And we've had a few calls. We had a few people that are asking questions. And it's, it's look, I'll be first to admit, we're still ways out from the last weekend of July, all right? And you're probably not even thinking about this right now, but I want you to start thinking about it because what will happen is everybody will wait to the end and then it'll be hard to get the number of buses we'll need to take everybody on the trip, Gina. We are so excited about this. And if you haven't heard about it or if you're hearing about it for the first time, it leaves July the 23rd. And it is a seven-night trip, and we go to Pennsylvania, Amish country, Gettysburg, Philadelphia, and it includes two national parks, the Gettysburg National Military Park, uh-huh. and something we didn't talk about last time, but Harper's Ferry. We're going to Harper's Ferry? Um, we are going to Harper's Ferry. Oh, that's Ferry cool. I didn't know that Because this one. is the Faith and Freedom right. Patriots Tour. And Harper's Ferry is the confluence of history and nature and talks about the struggle for freedom on in, in that particular national park. And so it's perfectly situated on our way home. So, yes, we will stop there. We have so many fun stops along the way, and it's called the faith and freedom tour for a reason because philadelphia there's a lot of history you the think? founding fathers you, you think there's a things lot of that history we have there? to go back and and revisit well maybe not some maybe not your listeners yeah well they they've <laughs> look a lot of them have been on one or another tours where we've gone to philadelphia it's one of my favorite cities to stop at to look at the history because it's the only place you can go to see Benjamin Franklin's grave. That's right. It's the only place you can go and sit in one of the churches and see where Franklin, Washington, and a lot of the other founding fathers sat during church. You can actually see the boxes that they sat in. And it's the only place where you go to Constitution Hall. Yep. And so. that picture that you've always seen in, well, I don't know if they're still, it's still in, in schools or not. They may have taken it out by now, but showed all the founding fathers sitting and, and signing, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Constitution and uh, Washington in the front and the whole nine yards. You get to actually see that room. And those desks are the exact desk. Exact and it's it's way that they were. It will make you emotional. It really will. It does. It makes you emotional when you stand there. And if you've seen the musical 1776, you'll really get emotional. Yeah. I'll just tell you that because that's the way... That's the picture they strike at the end on the scrim uh, in 1776, the musical. If you don't know what scrim is, it's a piece of cloth that comes down in front of the stage, and they can project the picture on it. And as as they these different men sign, and they go back to their desks, and they strike the poses from that great famous picture, then the picture comes up on the scrim, and uh, it's moving. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of this tour, a lot of stops are moving because you and I have been there, Gettysburg Battlefield. If that doesn't move you, nothing will. (laughs) If you don't understand how many people, Americans, just Mm -hmm. Americans died there, 
you know, Pickett's Charge and all the rest. And and I guess we'll get to go downtown, too. Yes. Yeah, and so. we're... Might eat someplace where you sit in a booth and there's still a musket ball in the wall. Well, you remember the cyclorama. Yes. So we're doing the cyclorama okay. in the museum visitor experience. And... It is quite the experience, and we will see and hear the stories from the battlefield in in a way like you wouldn't believe is presented to you. It's like 360 degrees of you feel like you're on the battlefield when you're there, and then you go out into the battlefield with a licensed mm-hmm. battlefield guide, and they will share story after story of this part or that part of the battlefield, and, um, and the best part is really, we, we are spending those, the, that area of Pennsylvania in Amish country. So, you know, just, uh, Amish country is a stone's throw from Gettysburg. <laughs> so we will have great Amish food mm. awaiting. You're going to love having dinner in Amish land. That's right. And, and it is the faith, freedom and founding father. So when we're talking about the faith in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we hear the stories from the Amish. We visit a real Amish farm and tour, and um, uh, the Bible Tabernacle Museum is there as I'm well. I'm looking forward to that. And um, and again, the Amish food, and we're we're staying in an Amish run um, lodging. Oh, cool! With an Amish restaurant on site, so um, it's a great opportunity. And the Faith Freedom Founding Fathers tour departs july 23rd and you can call little rock tours which is 501 tour bus and you can book online and one of the things we just got a new website i'm so excited about it because all you got to do is pay your deposit online and it's 200 bucks per person and the whole trip for eight days 12 meals all your admission your two national parks again we mentioned gettysburg and harper's ferry west virginia don't forget sight and sound Oh, yes, yeah, Sight and Sound. You see David. See David at Sight and Sound. A year before everybody yes. see it here in Arkansas. That's right, because it doesn't come to Branson until after it wraps up That's right. in Lancaster. And so David at the Sight and Sound Theater is also included. There's so many things that, that we include on this. The Faith and Discovery Center. This is a brand new state-of-the-art museum, museum in Philadelphia. And it talks about how faith was such a contributing factor to our founding fathers and why the country was founded on faith. And there are so many artifacts and stories and I've never been there because it's new and it opened right before the pandemic hit. Which meant meant it closed right after. Right. So (laughs) (laughs) it opened and then it shut down and now it's back open. And that's part of the stop as well. But it's twelve ninety five a person. That's for reasonable. everything. That's your taxes, twelve meals, your two national parks, all your admission, your sight and sound theater show, Faith and Discovery Center, Harper's Ferry, Gettysburg, Amish Country, Amish Tour, lots of Amish food. And, and when you go downtown Philadelphia, break away from the group for a little bit, run up the steps and get your picture taken by Rocky. There you go. Yes. <laughs> or the Liberty Bell the, the is Liberty there right Bell, there as well. Right we have there, a, yeah. yeah and, and that's all part of it. So, and we have our, t- we have timed entry into Independence Hall. And so it's great. We'd love for everybody to join us. And again, you can go to littlerocktours.com and click on the tour calendar, scroll down and pay your deposit there online. 
and join Dave, who will be all joining I'll us. I'll be there on I, the tour. Uh, I wouldn't miss this trip. It's an it's a Patriot tour, and uh, this is the first Patriot tour we've done oh, in three years. Years, yeah, yeah. So yep. uh, we're already thinking about the future, but I can tell you this one is a good one. Uh, maybe next year we we'll do Boston. Austin is always good. It's a good one. It is a good yeah, one. <laughs> follow the Freedom Trail and all of that. I am big on this country. I have always, I've never made an excuse for that. I'm a very patriotic guy. And uh, I would like you to see for yourself, if you've never seen it, these, uh, these areas that we're going to visit. It will change your whole perception of history. It really does. It really will. And, it, and I know that now more than uh, in the past we've got more parents that are homeschooling mm-hmm. if you got teenagers that are homeschooling be a great trip to take them on mm-hmm. but bringing history to life mm-hmm. there, there's something to be say, said that you know Rutherford hayes his grave is right there and you can see it and uh, you can find out something about him and and you can uh, you know experience that and you can walk around you go get a philly cheesesteak somewhere and you can walk around and you see these elementary schools downtown. And in the playgrounds, there are uh, burial grounds in them mm-hmm. of our founding fathers. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing it is, city. It really is. Uh, they go, they go and what's through. really good is it's all condensed right there it's close. within a few blocks. So you don't have to walk a mile Mm-mm. to see everything. You can Mm-mm. take it all in in an afternoon and... Uh, and it's i enjoyed it it, it is it's it is I've an been amazing there three city. times now and i city like going of brotherly back. love yeah yeah know that philadelphia is the only city known for booing santa claus <laughs> all right <laughs> they call it, i did not know they that said it had been, yes at the at the uh, uh santa claus was brought out there in an eagles game and they booed him <laughs> just just the way philadelphia fans are of course you don't have much if you're an eagles fan you haven't had very much to to cheer, cheer about, about. <laughs> <laughs> just put it put it that way but yeah i'm looking forward to, uh, to going back to to, to philadelphia and amish area is those people mm-hmm. are unique folks and they will talk to you mm-hmm. just you know just know they don't like typically to have their pictures taken that's true well and that's one of the good things when you go on a on a tour we prepare you as you know for yes, every you stop do. if you, you've never been on a motor coach tour we the first thing people say is, well, what's it like? We get calls. I've never been on. I'm a little nervous. And do we travel all the way there and without stopping? No. The answer is no, 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 no. We stop so many places along the way because there's so much between here and there to see. That's right. We're not flyover states. There are so many stops, and we have researched it. Um, we stop every few hours, whether it's it be for a lunch or a dinner or just a rest break. We will stop, and we try to change it up for rest break so it's not always hey you're just stopping to use the bathroom yeah, but we have in, a bathroom on the motor way. coach so we've got wi-fi we've got outlets at the seat um i've been flying and lately and it's bring, better I'll than bring flying some dvds all right <laughs> i'll bring some historical dvds that will get you all prepared mm-hmm. for uh, dealing uh, with the, the whole historical context of the trip because i want you to go because i want you to learn i want you to enjoy and I want you to see. It's it's really important that uh, you hear the real story. 
Because and you get a lot so of time with Dave Ellswick. Yeah, come on. I'll, and, I'll be happy to sit down and talk, talk about with you. great company along the way. Yeah. It's and you've fun. met some of your greatest friends on I our have. tours. I've and you're a lot of still people. hanging out with them. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, Kelly and Mark. Yeah, Kelly and Mark are great friends of mine. And then Lois and, and Barb. Lois yeah, and, and Barb, Barb. They're great folks. It, Lois so. and Barb are signed up, by the way. Who did? Lois and Barb. Oh, they they're, are, they're, they're, they're on it already. All right. They'll be sitting up in the front. All right. You'll know if I'm by them because of the amount of laughing that will be coming from the front of the bus. All right. A break and then more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I've got uh, Gina with us for the rest of this half hour. We want to come back and talk about this some more. Again, if you are homeschooling, now don't try to take a first, second, third grader on this. You know, let think about middle school and above. This would be perfect for them to get a hands-on experience about the history of the great country we call the United States of America. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I've got Gina here. She is going to talk to us some more about uh, this trip that's coming up in July. It's another Patriot Tour trip. The last Patriot Tour trip we went on about three years ago. Those are always, let me just tell you, those are the, the, the blue ribbon trips so to speak, uh, that we go on. We go on a lot of different trips, but if you hear the words Patriot Tour used with them, then if you love this country, you're going to want to be on them. That's I'm just right. telling you, you're going to want to be on them because we take you places. The, the most famous one we've done is the, uh, we had three buses that we went to Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., and we stayed at the... Um the Gaylord, Gaylord National over in the Harbor. Right on the Potomac. Yeah, it was a great place. And uh, we got to go down and see the 4th of July fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sitting not more than 100, and, 100 yards from the Washington uh, Memorial where they were shooting the fireworks mm-hmm. from. And it was incredible we went to the museum remember the the museum that was brand new almost it was brand new you know it's not around anymore well did they close it they closed it not there was some off issue i don't even remember what it was but they had to take over the real estate for something i don't know okay well i just i just know that was cool because you got to see a piece of the of the berlin wall was Mm -hmm. there uh they had uh I forget what tower they had. They had a radio tower in there. I remember that as well. That was an incredible museum. The, and remember the Pulitzer Prize winning photograph yes. exhibit? That yeah. to me, that brought me to tears. It's all all kinds of stuff. I know if we would happen to go back there, uh, the place that we'll go that we didn't get to go when we went to, with my uh, Patriot tour is that we'll go with, to the Holocaust Museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We'll make sure that everybody gets to go with that because that's supposedly the best Holocaust museum other than the one that is in Israel. Mm. The one in Israel, they say, will just blow your mind. You walk in and they've got like five story tall uh, walls built out of the shoes of the people oh, who were wow. killed in the wow. in the gas chambers and stuff. So mm. anyway, I, uh, we'll do we'll do that because that's something that, as we say, we should never forget. Although I got to tell you. You got to shake the world a little bit. <laughs> a lot of that's happening right, right now. now in our in our yeah. own time since happened in Ukraine. You can keep that in mind that, that that that's going on. But anyway, let's get back to this trip. 
again, let's go over the pricing for everybody. It's twelve ninety five per person based on double occupancy. That includes your eight day, seven night lodging, all your admissions to so many different things. We have we visit two national parks, including Gettysburg and Harper's Ferry. And we see David at the Sight and Sound Theater That's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And 12 meals are included. Uh, so many things inside Amish country uh, while we're there. The Bible Tabernacle. The, um, um, and the, there's an Amish tour, an Amish experience, lots of Amish food, of course. And it departs July 23rd. And Dave will be on the motor coach. And I, if it's more than one bus, I, I will probably have his time. somebody else will come along with us from Salem. And, and there'll, there'll be somebody from Salem on a bus, all right? But I will rotate on the buses so that everybody gets to spend time with me because that's it's a little bit different the when, highlight I'm, on, of the when I'm on the, on the bus. <laughs> it gets to be a little bit different to, as far as that's concerned. So we look forward to, to being with you and enjoying the, the trip. And some of the other inclusions are the day in Philadelphia where we visit Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell, Benjamin Franklin's grave, and Constitution uh, the Hall. Faith and Discovery Center, which is a new um, museum that talks about how faith shaped our founding fathers and the foundation of our country, which is really what this tour is all about. It's called the Faith, Freedom, and Founding Fathers, and boy, do we encapsulate all of that it's all on there. this tour. It's all there. You'll look. There's a, there's a, a cemetery right downtown, just kind of kitty corner to Constitution Hall. It's where Benjamin Franklin is buried, and several other members of the founding fathers. There's a church that's down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go in there. You can see where a lot of the founding fathers worshipped, where they sat. They mm-hmm. know exactly where they sat. And uh, you can look at that. And there's something about the, you walk on the bricks of that church, and those are the original bricks. Uh, and your mind starts talking to you about, I'm walking where Washington walked. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me, I start getting into that, and woo, it's kind of wild. Well, a lot of people, and it, if you're a history buff, uh, this is just such an amazing. Uh, tour and we make it so easy because if you were to try to visit philadelphia on your own and try to park and do all of this it would be ridiculous it's ridiculous but thankfully we've got it all worked out for motor coaches they're motor coach friendly and everything is right there within a few blocks so um you know it's a great stop on the trip and then coming back i mentioned we do harper's ferry we actually stay just outside harper's ferry and it's one of our overnight right so So we've added some bonus stops again you're getting two national parks 12 meals the show at sight and sound theater all your mission uh faith and discovery center in philadelphia your cyclorama and experience at gettysburg and the battlefield tour and so many other little inclusions it's only 12.95 per person and that includes your taxes and all the fees we include everything so that's not just some base price and then when you get to check out it's you know, okay so call <laughs> do it today don't, don't 501 tour bus yeah. or go to littlerocktours.com click on the tour calendar scroll down and you'll see the faith freedom and founding fathers tour you'll want to go on this you really will and i i want to thank uh, uh gina because she put it all together all right i i go to her with ideas 
She yeah. puts them together and makes <laughs> them come alive. And uh, they're so always fun. great opportunities mm-hmm. to see a lot of stuff. We're working on some other things, but uh, Patriot Tour will be another one next year. If you don't go on this one, I don't know where we'll go, but we'll go someplace that has a lot to do with the history of our great country. Yes. Always want to do that. All right. We're, I guess out of time. That's what I've been told. So I'll take a break. I'll come back. I think I'm supposed to have somebody from the symphony on when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, sorry to say, our folks from the uh, symphony have not shown. When they do, we'll bring them in the studio. But I've asked, I asked uh, if if uh, Gina could stay just for a few more moments. You got other trips going on. We do. Um, and we're so excited, Dave, because as you know, the last two years have been so Lockdown. bad for tourism. So we're excited. Everybody's ready to travel again. Um, we've got a trip to Yellowstone. We've got a trip. Wow. We have a trip called the South Dakota Safari, and you go on a safari Jeep tour through the Black Hills. Oh, that's it's cool. It's so fun. Um, and we also have, we opened up a second bus to our fall foliage tour to New England, which is always popular. We've done that before. We have. And we've also got another fall tour that we actually did last year, and it was so amazing. Everyone's like, I would do this again. And it's fall foliage in West Virginia. And if you've never seen the foliage in West Virginia, it's, uh, it's, it, mar- it, it uh, it's is almost striking. as good as what it, it is really is. East Coast. Yeah. And it's, we go on train rides through the, oh, cool. the West Virginia mountains on that one. Uh, we just put the Southwest classic football game online. And so we are back to doing the Razorback games. Um, and, uh, we just put a couple Christmas tours on. We've got one going to, um, Opryland for Christmas Wow! and seeing the Oak Ridge boys at oh, the Opryland hotel. And we also have one and it's comes up at the end of the month. It is the Lewis and Clark river expedition tour. And when we go, uh, to the Lewis and Clark river boat, which is in, uh, up in Iowa, we cruise down the Mississippi river and um, we also stop at Hannibal, Missouri on the way home in the Mark Twain Mark home. Twain. So there's a lot of trips that we have going on. One of my favorite things to do, Dave, as you know, is just to come up with these creative uh, things for people to yeah. do. We always say we're professional memory makers. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. You take people and you throw things in that they're not even expecting. Right. I mean, we did that one where we... Surprise I, stops. Yeah, where we, we got them. hijacked for a wedding one time. You did, I know. That was a great <laughs> surprise. Yeah, we fun. were coming down the highway and a couple actors. Of course, it was non-threatening. So yes. it was a, a little old lady and she came on the bus with a bond. I mean, they, they did it in a way, like with a cane. It didn't, you didn't really feel like you were in danger. But it was a playful hijacking of the bus um and a and a and a wedding and we had did and the and the dinner that night was the wedding reception for mm-hmm. this little production that nobody expected to uh to experience it, it was fun and everyone still talks about it is for fun <laughs> it on is. these trips it is it's for fun and we have such a wonderful time and that you know if you 
if you're afraid of traveling because you say, I don't have anybody to travel with, this is the best way to go. We have, we have people who've lost spouses and mm-hmm. they, they're desperate to get out and travel again. And they're like, well, what's it like? We have people who travel alone, but the beauty of this is that you aren't alone because you're with the same group every day. You're on a motor coach and it's the best way to meet people, to bond with them, to not feel like you're traveling alone. And, um, you know, it's really important, especially right now to our mental health and a lot of seniors to get out there and do things. When we did the the big uh, Washington DC tour, there was a, an Indian doctor. And in fact, she lived in the apartments that right across from us here uh-huh. in uh, the West Tower. And do you remember that when she brought her mother with her, with her? And her mother was visiting the United States. Oh, yeah. And she wanted to know about our history. And she had a great time yes. going and, and seeing all. You know, I mean, we went to, you know, Washington's uh, farm and the whole nine y- yards during yeah. that. And uh, yeah. we were over there at um, Mount Vernon. At Mount Vernon, we went to uh, the cemetery there at Arlington, and uh, that's a working cemetery. So uh, we were fairly close to some different uh, interments that were taking place for military members mm-hmm. at that time. It was great, mm-hmm. was, and she had a great time. Yeah, people, they are very surprised at how much fun. And then they think, well, what's it like traveling on a motor coach? Well, you are, you, you know, you have time to sleep yes but you have the wi-fi and the electrical outlet so if you want to like you know just talk to people or you know scroll through your your social media page or whatever it is you do you can do that but then we also play games we play trivia we give away prizes we show historical documentaries Mm -hmm. on some of the attractions that you're about to see on the trip and movies channel stuff yeah it's just stuff that you don't actually get to do when you're traveling on an airplane yeah oh that's true and so it's fun along the way we always say hey the journey's half the fun and it really is and you do have a a tour um guide who is is with little rock tours and and she will take care of you along the way and you know, well read up on the areas that that's you're right going we to. have a thick binder that she gets full of facts and figures and trivia and all kinds of stuff that she takes with her um, on the motor coach and so it really is so much fun and again you it's fun to take your homeschooled kid or you know your and if you don't have anybody to travel with again I can't stress enough. Don't, don't let that stop you because you will meet people who will really become some of your best friends and you'll start traveling with them again and again. Yeah, one of the favorite trips that I went on uh, with Little Rock Tours was, of course, uh, Yellowstone. Because yes. I had never been there. So I was excited about going. And we came across and we stopped at Cody. Uh, was it, uh, Cody, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yes. And, and the... Uh, uh, the the large national rodeo was there yes. where we were there. Mm-hmm. I think that Buffalo, was... uh, the Buffalo Bill. Oh yes, the Cody Cody Rodeo yeah. days. Yes. Yeah, and and if I remember correctly, that was uh, one of the biggest crowds that they had had uh, over the years for it, and it was incredibly mm-hmm. fun. It was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The people were interesting. I mean, you'll. You meet people that they don't probably see a lot of people. Right. Because they're out in the middle of Montana someplace. That's right. 
and their nearest neighbor could be 30 miles away. Yep. It's, and, and some of these places that we travel, they're so far flung. It's, it, it's hard to fly into Yellow. I mean, into Yellowstone. <laughs> you just, there is, I mean, you can fly into Jackson Hole. I mean, it just, there's there some of the far flung national parks. You really need, um, you know, a, a guide and a, and a, and someone with you if you're not familiar with um, how to get to certain places or when you get there. There's so much to see. So we've done the research. We know the highlights, the best stops, the must-sees. We kind of take the guests out of travel. And if you're a married couple, we take the stress out of travel because you don't have to fight with your spouse over where to park, where to eat, what to do, where to go. And it's pretty well laid out. And like we've saved many marriages. (laughs) You know, you're probably right. I say we wear so many hats. We're a historian, we're botanists, we're marriage counselors, we're <laughs> flight attendants. I mean, there's so many hats. It's so fun. Researchers, and we could go on and on and on, but we have fun with it. But littlerocktours.com, 501 Tour Bus is our number. Check out all of our tours. Okay, so stay with us. I'm going to keep Gina here just for a few more moments. So Dave Ellswick's show, we're going until uh, 10 o'clock, then we'll take a break. And I think Gallagher's coming up at uh, 10.05. So stick around. We got more for you. Okay. I got about 10 minutes left here with Gina from Little Rock Tours. Remember, uh, 501 Tour Bus is their phone number or go to, uh, was it LittleRockTourBus.com? LittleRockTours.com. Tours. Okay. Yep. I always want to put bus in there somewhere. Oh, that's okay. So the bottom line is you can go find out all these different trips that they got going. The Christmas trips that you typically take, uh, was there a place that you went a couple of years ago that is kind of a special place for Christmas? Well, we've done many tours over the years where okay. there are so many, um, you know, lighting ceremonies, this and that. We're putting one together now that's actually, it's not online yet, but hey, I will reveal it right here and now. It's, it's a Blues Blues Christmas. Oh, okay. And it is, we go to the Blue, you know, Clarksdale, Mississippi. Most people don't know this. Morgan Freeman um, has a place there called Ground Zero, and it's like one of the birthplace of the blues, and there's this Mississippi Blues Trail. But but we, we do an overnight stop there, and there's this place that is just amazing for um live music and that's just our first stop on the way to natchez mississippi where they have a big celebration and they have like a hallmark christmas and they have a lighting ceremony the lights and all that but there's a lot of the christmas movies are filmed down there and they have these giant beautiful mansions and candlelight dinner tours of the mansions. And that's something that we are Historical in the process of. Historical mansions. Historical mansions. Yes. yes. Yeah, they're really Southern mm-hmm. bell type stuff. They really are. So, and, and, you know, and it's not too far from um, Little Rock. So it's about, it's a little over four hours down there. But again, we stop in, in um, Clarksdale along the way, and that's only two and a half hours. So you're basically traveling to, to Clarksdale spending the night doing the the Morgan Freeman and there's Delta Blues Museum and then on the way to Natchez is a people didn't know this it's a Grammy museum and it's the largest Grammy museum outside of Los Angeles and it's fairly new and um it's across from the the university there in Cleveland and it's amazing and so we'll stop and do that along the way to Natchez where they have this like 
ridiculous Christmas celebration down there. And it's a lot of fun. And so, and that's just a three night trip and we haven't put it online yet. I haven't told anybody about it until like this very moment. We were just working on it yesterday. (laughs) I'm just talking to a few friends, but that one, we got to get that one on there. Um, as soon as we wrap it up, you know when that's going to happen? It will be, uh, sometime in December. Okay. And I'm not sure we have, we're, we, like I said, this is so new. Um, we're waiting on the confirmations from our, our hotel partners down there for the availability before we put that one actually online. And you'll find it at littlerocktours.com. And if you want to know more about our upcoming tours, there's a place on our website where you can go in and you can sign up for our e-newsletter. And we'll send you something when we put it online. And we don't send you something every day or every week. And you, we just, when we got a tour, we'll send you an email and... We're not going to bombard your email so or is, inbox. Does Morgan stuff. Freeman hang around there very often? He does sometimes. He oh, really does. Cool. He's invested like in God. his... I know that voice. Yeah. That voice. Yeah, he's great. He's really, really but a yeah, good, he, great But yeah, he put actor. the coolest blues restaurant down there that we've... We were talking to them yesterday. So we're excited for that particular Christmas story. Bet you there's a lot of barbecue and greens yes there. <laughs> yes in fact i told Haley, i was like we can't do barbecue like twice in a row so we were you know it was it was kind of hard to not choose all the barbecue places and find the best one to include on the trip that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool i mean you can go to memphis and pretend like you're in blues and go to bb kings and stuff mm-hmm. like that or this sounds this like is the this real is the real deal. deal. They, you're talking the blues. And that's why we, we're going to call it a, a blue blues Christmas. I like that. And um, yeah, because it's a little bit of the, the Delta blues and then down to Natchez. But it is a Mississippi uh, blues trail, Christmas light extravaganza. That might, be, that might be a trip in itself. Do Delta blues and then go north until you get to the Chicago blues. There, you, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's a completely different change of blues mm-hmm. that you're going to hear. So there's there's all kinds of cool things. I mean, see, I just mentioned that. Maybe we'll see a trip like that pop up. That's out. true. And we, we'll, we'll do the Miracle of Christmas day trip to Branson when that yeah. comes out at Sight and Sound Theater. That is actually online. We did put that one online. That one just got online yesterday. That and one will sell way, out. I've gone to that. It's very well done. Yeah. Miracle of Christmas it's is done. a great show. You take at the them Sight around in the lights as well. Yes. Shepherd of the Hills. And yes. All so they'll see Christmas lights and go see uh, Miracle of Christmas at Sight and Sound Theater. That one, I think, is December the 8th. Yeah. We'll get signed up for it because I'm going to tell you what, that will sell out fairly quickly. It will. Quickly. All of our Sight and Sound Theater trips do. Yeah. Um, and littlerocktours.com, or you can just call us at 501 Tour Bus to sign up for that one or any of the ones that we've talked about in our Patriots tour, Faith, Freedom, and Founding Fathers, that you're going to be on July 23rd. So is there any uh, new ones going for Jesus up at, uh, at uh, Brampton? Actually, it's, uh, we just wrapped one up. Oh, okay. To see Jesus. Yeah, see Everybody it, wants see to see See it now because after this year, it's gone. Yeah. You know, David will be coming in, but if you go on our, you know, our trip for uh, the Patriot tour, you'll get to see that before everybody else because they always show... In Lancaster, it's always shown there, and then the next year, it always comes in. Two years in Lancaster, then two years at Branson. Yep. So, yeah, we're excited about the Faith, Freedom, and Founding Fathers Tour, and you can sign up online as well, littlerocktours.com. Do it. Do it. Be part of it. All right. So, uh, we just give you some some, uh, 
different shows that you got to go. I'm going to talk business with you just for a few moments, all right? Okay. Because there's something that's going to affect you more than it affects most people that are out there listening right now. Uh, the price of uh, of uh, diesel mm-hmm. is exponentially skyrocketing right now. It is. Well, how bad is it for you as a, as a, a tour director? Well, just like anybody (laughs) Um, well probably more for us but um, being that we get places and we do rely on diesel fuel um, it's one of those variable expenses that um, you know hey we put something online a year in advance and that's our price and and we haven't fuel surcharged anyone and of course it's bad because it comes out of our bottom line Mm -hmm. and um, it's hard to predict um, what it's going to do and you don't want to price people out of taking the tour and you want to still make it affordable, which motor coach group tourism is one of the most affordable ways that you can travel. But just like anything, it, it hits us and um, it's especially difficult, Dave, because my business went through two years of this pandemic yep. shutdown and I did not let one employee go. In fact, I didn't pay myself so I could pay my employees. For two years? Yes. Think about that. Would you have worked someplace for two years if you weren't getting a paycheck? Gina did. I did. I did. And um, and I have kids in college, so it's it's yes. been hard. And, um, you know, we did have a little bit of PPP money, but I think we were definitely one of the hardest hit industries in that it took me a year of payroll and, and I put money out there and credit card processing fees and advertising for the following year of which those trips never materialized. And therefore, I had to refund all the revenue that was already spent the previous years planning those trips. Good and God. then it happened again. Yeah. For the, in 2021. And so, so we are, we're coming out of that pandemic. And then, wham, bam, the fuel prices go up. And so it's like... Please, we need a break. Yeah, how long? How long does it take to recover if you ever recover? From well, that? we're definitely still recovering because, in addition to the um, PPP, you know, I took out an EIDL, which is an economic injury disaster loan, and uh-huh. it is a loan that we have to pay back. All right. And it is, um, you know, it'll be probably seven years before that gets paid off because that's, you know, I still had to keep the doors open, the employees paid, um, the, the liability insurance paid, um, you know, and payroll is one of the biggest expenses as many people know as a business person. And that certainly was the case during the pandemic. And it was sad because we had, you know, my business models based on group tours and most of them are seniors. So if, yeah, we can't reach down. a group, then we're not going to go anywhere. All right. And I was just refunding everybody, and hopefully we're recovering this I got year. one minute left here. Let me ask this question. You're, are you locked in so tight that, you know, motels or hotels or restaurants can't come back and say it's going to be X amount of dollars more than what we thought it was going to be? Um, a lot of them have tried to do that, yes. And um, we have been able to negotiate a lot. We're not going to run something if it's not going to be economically feasible for us to run a tour. So we'll just 
you know, find a new place or okay. we will, you know, we've, we, they've tried to hold us to some contracts, but we've fortunately been able to get out of a lot of them because of COVID. Okay. Well, they should be glad you're getting some money at least. Yes. All right. <laughs> we appreciate you, Gina. Thanks Thank for you. coming by. And uh, that last segment right there, that was completely impromptu. She didn't know I was going to bring no, up diesel prices yep. and all of that. But the bottom line is there's a lot of things that go into being an owner of a business and especially when fuel prices are fluctuating, stock prices are fluctuating, food prices continue to go up, inflation's hitting everybody, whether you're a business or you're an individual. Just keep all of that in mind and know that your best bottom dollar buy is like going on tour with Little Rock Tours. Thank you so much. Do Support that. your small business owners. Absolutely. We've been through a lot. <laughs> you better believe it. All right, we'll take a break. I'll see you tomorrow. Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett be on tomorrow. We'll also uh, be talking with uh, the voice of the Trav, see what he has to say about them, and we'll talk about movies and Doctor Strange is coming to the big screen. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the Dave Ellswick Show.